0: Welcome back to the Build Podcast. I'm Blake Bartlett, a partner here at OpenView. If you've been following along this season, you know that we're here to figure out the new customer journey and what that means for SaaS. Today, we hear from Christine Itwaru, who is the Director of Product Operations at Pendo. Chances are, if you work in a product role, You've heard about two things in recent years, Pendo as a must-have product platform and the rise of product ops as a must-have function for all product teams. Well, you're in luck because Christine is one of the leading voices in product ops, and she does it at Pendo. In today's episode, we unpack the definition of product ops and how the role came into popularity. When, why, and how to incorporate a product ops role into your team and Christine's prediction of where the product ops movement and community will be five years from now. That and more on this episode of Build. So let's dive in with Christine Itwaru. Well, hey, Christine, thanks so much for joining us here on the Build podcast. It's great to have you.
1: Thank you, Blake. I'm super excited to be here. You
0: are one of the thought leaders in the industry on product ops and product operations. And so the goal of today's conversation is to dive into that and help to illustrate for our listeners, what exactly is product ops? How should they be thinking about when to add it into the mix? And what does product ops enable in terms of impact long-term? So really unpacking all things product ops. And so I guess the logical place to start is really just the definition. So when people talk about product ops or product operations, what exactly does that mean?
1: Yeah. I love answering this question. So when I define product operations, I say that it's sort of like a golden thread weaving through multiple teams at an organization and then outward to customers. And it's meant to facilitate communication and information flow, both internally and externally when it comes to driving really great business outcomes. It knows no bounds around, you know, how to engage with both internal and external customers and always operates with the business first and customer first mindset. And I think it's just this true connective element within really great product led organizations.
0: And is it fair to think about the parallels of being sales ops and marketing ops and other ops sort of functions and products kind of gets its own ops function? Or is is that not the right mindset to use?
1: No, I think it's absolutely a good mindset to use. You know, if we look at the sales function, marketing function, design function, even as we see some of that emerging, there's, as those teams and those disciplines within an organization grow and become more solidified, it's necessary for. Those folks to put some focus on how they execute with more rigor and with more standards or through more process. And I think that that's no exception for product management. You know, the discipline of product management has been around for, let's call it healthy two to three decades now, depending on the industry that you're serving. I think some people think it could have been around a little bit longer or it might have been around a little bit longer. And so, I think it's safe to say that you can liken product operations to those other functions you're talking about.
0: So when exactly did this start becoming a thing and why?
1: This is a hard one. Where I am today, I would say we kicked off product operations, my company today, Pendo, last August. So we joke around and say that August of 2019 was the year product operations was born. Some companies have been doing it for way longer than that. And I think some people in the product management space have been doing it from the day they started in product management. I feel like I have, and I think that it's just certain things within your day-to-day that equal a true product operations role. And one of the reasons that it came up for us was because there was so much pain around all the things that a product manager needed to handle at any given day. You know, We've seen tons of memes and tons of illustrations around a product manager's day and how the calendar is just over capacity and it bleeds into just sleep time at times, because even then your mind is thinking. And so it started for us officially with me and my team last year, but from folks that I've spoken to, they've been doing it for a while. I think what we are seeing now is a solidification of the role within the product management space within multiple industries and lots of people just defining it in different ways. But there are certain commonalities, of course, across all of these industries that we'll speak about.
0: And I guess getting into some of the details of what does this look like in real life and in practice, I guess, what are the day-to-day roles or responsibilities for product ops individuals and who used to do those things prior to the product ops function existing?
1: So this is super interesting. I am very lucky a year in to have a team of five, including myself. We started as one and we grew to five and we grew so quickly because we identified more and more pain. And so I am a product person by heart and I lean into the pain when I think about growing something, solving for something. And so a lot of my team's time is focused on various things and we look at each internal revenue team member as a customer. We look at external folks as customers, obviously your regular customers. And so we try to align people with their skill set and place them in the areas that we know they're going to be successful. We have one person who's dedicated to product education and product enablement, and she partners with product marketing and all of those things. We have one person who's dedicated to technical writing and documentation, and he also partners with our product marketing team and all of those assets so that they can lean on it as needed. We have one person who is dedicated to really leaning into the data beyond what meets the eye and the systems that we use. And we have one person who is dedicated to one specific product area doing all of those things. And so... I think the other part of it that's really interesting is that my team is super cross functional. So they've become the liaisons for the sales team when it comes to helping out to get a deal over the line. They've become the liaison for the customer success team around helping to get an at risk customer over from red to green. And, you know, we also spend a lot of our time just thinking about how we package up all this information that we're getting from our internal customers and our external customers to the product team so that they now have an extra set of information to make really informed, really great product decisions and how to carry the product forward. And all of us, at the end of the day, we actually report into our CPO. And so we are partners with our product managers and our product design team. So another customer that we serve alongside being partners is, you know, we are serving our product management team.
0: Got it. And I guess prior to product ops existing, who owned those things? Was that basically just kind of the borrowed time, you know, the 10% time of the product managers, or was there other folks who
1: were doing this? I would say a lot of it fell on the product manager. And so I've seen this everywhere I've been. And so I feel very strongly and, and believe in this role for sure, because it is, if something is important enough, I would say you want to make it a job. And so that's what we've done here. Product managers have to stretch their time, as we all know, between driving vision, strategy, execution, team alignment, and really great customer interaction throughout their day-to-day. And alongside all of that, they're expected to help when somebody goes into red. They're expected to write really great content when it comes to knowledge base. They're expected to work with the data science team and identifying things in the application. And there's just not enough time for them. And so one piece of it is, yes, we've stepped in and we started to help with some of those areas where we felt we could be a strong partner and amplify. What I say, I know, is we amplify our product team's impact in the organization and then out to customers. The other piece of it is when it comes to arming your sales and your success teams really well, some of that has fallen historically on product marketing, some of it's fallen on sales enablement. Depending on how your organization is structured, you have the flexibility to play around with this in the product ops space. Since we at Pendo sits so close to the product team or the product managers, we know everything that's going on almost as intimately as they do when it comes to executing against their day-to-day. And so we've been able to lean into that and really amplify what our enablement teams or official enablement partners are doing here as well.
0: And as we see the growth of product operations and the community rising kind of around it, are there different flavors of product ops depending on the org or depending on who you talk to? Or does it seem that the product ops community is kind of coalescing around there is a best practice, there is a sort of a right way to do this?
1: There's different flavors of product ops depending on both industry and just the time the product ops muscle has been flexed, I guess, within the companies that I've been speaking to. I've done a ton of ton of conversations and research over the last year and a half or so around this. And so, you know, I've spoken to people who lean into product ops more on the side of keeping customers happy when it comes to production issues. You know, they act as this intermediary between the technical success and the product teams to make sure that they're staying just on top of their game. I've spoken to a customer recently who's leaned into that more than any other piece that I've talked about. And he found some of the other things I just mentioned really intriguing. I've spoken to people who actually have product operations managers that help manage the entire planning process. And so I've seen them help with defining what really great documentation looks like when it comes to epics and stories, what really great feature release briefs look like, and how all of that plays into the product build process. And then I've seen other customers who lean into what we do today as well, or other folks that I've spoken to in the industry lean into some of what we do at Pendo.
0: And when I think about those different flavors, Regardless of whatever flavor you pick, if I zoom out from that and think about, you know, kind of some of the pain that you described at the beginning, sitting in the product manager's seat or sitting in the sort of product leader's seat, it seems obvious to me that product ops should exist. And it seems obvious the leverage and the value that a product team and then thereby extension that a a software company would get out of having product ops. But I guess when it comes to then sort of measuring the success, how do you exactly know that our product ops team is successful? Are there particular metrics or sort of measures of success that are the, the hallmarks of a good product ops organization?
1: Yeah, we're still defining some of our metrics because we are a fairly new team, but I do believe very strongly that product operations is a change agent within organizations, particularly those that are product-led. If you're looking to drive really great experience and business outcomes through your product, you need to make sure that there is A person or a set of people who are focused on ensuring that there's consistent data alignment and touch points between your customers and the product team. And so what we try to do is change is really hard for people. So we sit down and we work with our customers, like I mentioned, internal and external on what they feel the biggest pains are. And we try to identify opportunities for how we can help alleviate some of that pain. Just to share an example, last year we had a launch that could have been handled a whole lot better when it came to internal alignment and communication. And so we sat down and we dug into that and we said okay, let's retro it a little bit and figure out where things could have been better and what are the pieces that we know folks are not able to take on today. And How do we make a change here in, I guess, as small of a way as possible that we're not disrupting current workflow, but we're enhancing this? And so one of the things that I sit down with our CPO, my boss, and I I work out is, what processes are we looking to change next quarter or implement next quarter that we then want to put some numbers behind? And we're driving one right now on how we intake customer feedback and the volume of customer feedback that comes in. And this quarter, for example, we are just measuring... How quickly people are adopting the process, who's adopted the process, a number of people internally here, and then next quarter, it's going to be numbers behind it. So I think when you look at solving problems, it's not just going to happen overnight. So you need to be able to be sure that people are willing to adapt and change with new process and then put some numbers behind it.
0: So this is a really helpful description of what Product Ops is through these last handful of questions and things we've been talking about. I guess zooming out from that, now that we're kind of clear on what the thing is, now who is it for? And I guess my question is, does every software company need Product Ops or is it just for some types of companies?
1: I think if your company is truly putting the product at the center of the experience from pre-sales to post-sales to renewal if you're a true product-led company and you really are leaning into your product being the thing that sells your image and just drives your growth, I absolutely believe that a product operations function is needed at your organization.
0: That makes sense. And I would imagine that even if founders or sort of execs from software companies wouldn't describe themselves as being full 100% product-led growth of the bottoms up, self-serve, all that kind of stuff, regardless of that, I think everybody recognizes the prominence and the importance of product today. And so, in some way, would describe themselves as being product led. Your product has to be you know, sort of stand on its own and kind of be head and shoulders above the competition. And so, by extension, it kind of sounds like if you're a serious software company today, product has to be sort of at the forefront. And if that's the case, then you're going to need product ops at some point. So, it kind of seems that, you know, just like it's extremely rare to find a sales org that doesn't have a sales ops function at scale or a marketing org that doesn't have marketing ops at scale, it seems like a foregone conclusion that we're going to see the same kind of penetration of product ops into the broader ecosystem.
1: Yeah, I think what you said is spot on. And I also just go back to what I said a little bit earlier around just product management itself. That's not going anywhere, right? That's something that we're now seeing is being taught in universities to the extent that it can be taught. It's a muscle that is strengthened with practice, as most things are. But product management, I feel like, is one of those things where it takes much more than tactical and execution skills to be really successful at. And so, software companies all over the world that are building really great product teams, I believe, should absolutely invest in product operations, at least one person focused on it. And if not that, then a team.
0: And if you're a software company that presently does not have product operations, When should you start thinking about it? When do you know that it's time to add the function or to add the initial person?
1: I would say there's several signs. Personally, I leaned into the, how quickly is this company growing? Meaning at Pendo. At the rate of which we were growing last year, I knew that there was a problem of internal alignment and empowering our revenue team that we needed to solve. And so right away, I leaned into that as something that we can try to put some process behind and measure eventually. So that's one thing. Second thing is how close to... The product do your customers actually feel? Do they feel as if they understand how you're driving change on the product? Do they feel like they understand how frequently or maybe even infrequently you're communicating changes to them and how to educate them on all the things that are coming out of your product? That's another thing. And then the other side of it is just your product managers looking at their day-to-day and looking at the goals that they have to execute against on a quarterly basis or a yearly basis, depending on your company, is it realistic for them to do some of those things that I mentioned earlier or all of those things in addition to execution, vision, and strategy, depending on how you have your product team structured? Those are three things that I always tell people you should be taking a hard look at and understanding if, again, if it's important enough for you to drive outcomes around those areas, then it's probably important for you to put somebody behind it.
0: Okay. And so if a software company then sort of gets to those decision points and it's yes, 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 this is something that's necessary and they get conviction around it. And then they want to open up a rec and start searching for somebody, I guess, what are the best characteristics for somebody who is a product ops leader? And since it's a pretty new role or function, how do you recruit for somebody? uh, Since there's just not a lot of people on LinkedIn with this in their title, right?
1: (laughs) Mm, I know, I know. We looked at the numbers on LinkedIn last year, and it was definitely not as high as I would l- have liked it to have been. But I did see a lot of folks who actually put product ops in the, uh, what is it called? The skills section, which is generally towards the bottom of the LinkedIn profile. So not so much title, but definitely emerging in skills, which leads me to believe that it is something people are at least thinking about, or they're already doing it in some way and they want to call it out. I mentioned earlier, I'm a product manager. I fell into it almost 10 years ago by accident. It's like one of those moments, an aha moment, you fall in love, and you're like, I am not going back to anything else. And so, the, what I fell in love with was solving the problem. And so, I think that look for people that are true problem solvers, and for someone who is really flexible in how they approach problems. You know, and I, you can use the word agile if you want, but you have to be willing to fail, fail fast, and learn. and change course if needed. You're working with lots of stakeholders. This is a super cross-functional role and an external facing role as well. So you need to be able to be empathetic. You need to be able to also build empathy across an organization and with customers. And you need to also be persuasive, which is super interesting because we all know that saying the product manager is the CEO of their product, but they're not really the CEO of their product. You are, again, driving forward the success of the product manager as they move towards executing against something else. So you are also influencing all of your internal customers as well as your external customers around a why or a why not behind a decision. And having that skill is really critical. Being able to tell a story is really critical. I think from my team, if I look at who we're made up of, I, again, am a product manager. First person I brought onto the team was in our customer success team, and she was managing external knowledge-based content. And she was the quiet one in the room who was taking all of these notes when we would have product readouts. And I looked at her and I was like, wow, like she's super passionate about making sure there's alignment across an organization. I think I want to talk to her about maybe helping me build this out. And she and I kicked it off. And the third person was our head of technical success. And he is super focused on driving really great outcomes for our customers. And so I think that customer love is another thing. When somebody has that passion to make sure customers are are always happy, that's a really good sign that this person might be a good fit for your team. And then great communication. <laughs> so I think it almost goes without saying, since you're so cross-functional and external facing, you need to be, again, a, a solid storyteller and a good communicator. And you asked to think how it, for the job description and how do we define or look for somebody who can succeed in it. I think it's not easy to bring someone in who is right out of college in this role, just as it probably is not easy to set someone up for immediate success in like a product manager execution role or true, like a not an APM level, but maybe a product manager level right out of college. And so it's a bit of life experience. It's a lot of experience with internal teams and customers it's a lot of looking at how this person communicates and then how deep into the data they like to get as well. Again, because they're such storytellers, they have to back everything they say with data. And so that becomes really essential to this role.
0: And so you're getting at it a little bit there, but do you need to be in product management proper in order to do a product ops function?
1: I don't believe you have to be in the product, like as a product manager, move over to product operations. I actually feel as if you've got someone who feels passionate about this in product management today that wants to do it. Absolutely, because they're focused on that pain overall. And I think we just look for pain naturally, but I have seen success from people who are customer facing, who are in technical success, customer success. I've seen really great writers make a good career move into this. And I've actually seen teams where data scientists are really good at this as well. That's where the storytelling element comes in, because not only should they be able to lean into the data, but also make sense of it in a way that's digestible for everyone. And that's not something that's really easy.
0: And I guess for you personally, what's been your favorite thing about product ops since kicking off the discipline at Pendo about a year ago?
1: The cross-functional aspect of this role. I have yet to see another role in an organization that is as cross-functional as this role. And it just gives everyone who's on my product ops team the ability to build empathy across the aisle for other people, gain empathy, and understand what's going on in somebody else's mind as they're going through their day-to-day, and also really drive solid business outcomes. My team is focused on how we contribute towards retention. How do we contribute towards net new ARR? how do we make sure that betas are running on time and that we're tracking success against getting them out the door and then also getting features to general availability. We're covering every angle in the business and that is probably the most exciting thing about being in the role.
0: Yeah, I've been hearing and also just kind of realizing that as we see the rise of the product led movement, we're seeing the rise of cross-functional teams. In all aspects of the organization and there's a lot of benefit that comes from cross functional teams, but there's also a lot of chaos that comes from cross functional teams because Everybody's coming from a different perspective and kind of has Slightly different priorities, perhaps on a day to day basis and you need to come together in order to achieve a common goal. And there's a lot that needs to be there in terms of enabling that And it sounds like, you know, you described product ops at the very beginning as the golden thread that kind of weaves through the whole organization. It's also kind of the way you're describing it now. It's the glue and it's the cohesive element that brings together and enables cross-functional teams across the org, which is, again, extremely prominent these days.
1: Yeah, I agree with you.
0: And shifting gears to the close here, just curious to get your zoomed out perspective. And so not sure how... uh, if you've dusted off your crystal ball in a while, but I'm curious to get your perspective on what does the next five years look like for product ops? Where's this movement and community in the future?
1: I see this becoming something that is solidified in any software company. You know, We talked about this a little bit earlier. I see this as once people are thinking about building out their product teams, Right alongside it, it's let's make sure we have at least one person who's dedicated to this operational role. So, the first thing is it is something just like sales ops, as you mentioned a couple of times, that is going to be just a no question. It's going to have to happen. I think that there's going to be a lot of metrics that will come out of this period where people are trying to define what success looks like for product operations teams. And I don't, somebody asked me the other day since I mentioned the word ARR and retention. Does our team play into the billable aspect of a company? I don't see that happening so much as product teams driving some more revenue goals off of what the capabilities of their product operations team or their product operations person are or will be in a couple of years as well. I also see the need for certain tools arising around driving more data for the product operations teams. Today, for example, we use our own tool to gain more insights we also lean on our data science team. I do see, I can't predict with my crystal ball, whether it's going to be tools that are coming out that give us more data, or there's gonna be something that helps us tell a story better, but there's gotta be a way to tie it all together for all of the people that are consuming the goodness that comes out of the product ops team. One thing that's interesting is, is when we kicked off here, we reported into our VP of product. And so not too long after our CPO, who already believed in all the things that we were doing, sat down with me and was like, I fully believe that this should just be one of my core three. And so we have product design, product management and execution, and then product operations reporting into our CPO. And so I feel like it's just an essential part of product teams now that can be looked at as driving success. And C-Suite is looking at it that way already.
0: And for those of the listeners on this episode here that are hearing what you're saying and saying, okay, I think I need to start acting on this product ops movement, and I need to bring this into my org, but I want to learn a little bit more. Are there any resources or thought leaders you'd point folks to who are interested in continuing their research and their understanding here?
1: Yes, I obviously would point them to Pendo. We've done a ton of research ourselves around the product ops space. My colleague, Sarah Estes is someone who's done a ton of research. So reaching out to her is awesome. But we also, she wrote a book, an ebook for us on product operations last year. And it's available on our website that you can lean into there. Lots of great content, lots of great nuggets for you to just kind of nibble on and think through whether it's time for you and backed, of course, by data, as we would do here. I am also always willing and able to talk about this as I'm super passionate about driving it forward. I think you could sense from this conversation that it's something that I'll continue to push forth, not only here at Pendo, but also in the product community as the product management teams become more of a critical component in really great companies. The product operations teams are just right alongside for the ride.
0: Well, Christine, you are clearly one of the leading voices in the product ops movement. So we really appreciate you sharing all of your insights and helping to illustrate this important movement that's happening in the software world. So thanks for joining us
1: today on The Build Podcast. It was great to have you. Thanks, Blake. It's good talking to you.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of The Build Podcast. If you liked what you've heard, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and make sure to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. Follow me, Blake Bartlett, on LinkedIn for daily product-led growth content and to let me know what you think about the show. Join me this season on Build as we figure out the new customer journey and what comes next in product-led growth. One thing is for sure, all of us in the product-led community are in this together. Take care, everyone, and I'll see you next time here on Build.